The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Gosh, I love the way she says, fill your passion and purpose. Yes, this is your host, Vincent Jenna. And no, I don't sound like that. But uh, this is me, sound like the uh, old uh, New York Italian guy, but living in Holly Springs and coming to you live from North Carolina on uh, this, it's not so beautiful, it's a rainy Wednesday, October, October, listen to me, August, (laughs) I've got us really far ahead there, this is crazy, Um, though it's right around the corner, August 18th. August 18th, okay? So we're halfway through August. We're about ready to come into September, which then is the fall, and only a few months away from Christmas. Nonsense. This is unbelievable. This is this is craziness. And what has changed with time? Nothing. So, um, yeah, we're going to have a good show today, as we always do. Um, we are going to be uh, talking about the fifth dimension, and I don't mean the singing group. I did uh, a wonderful, okay, I'm getting these notifications. I hope nobody else is hearing that. Uh, let me just uh, turn that off there. Okay, good. Um, I did this great... No, I'm still getting, <laughs> I, I I hope it has nothing to do with not being on the air or being on the air. I hope everybody hears me. Do me a favor, Lewis, just chat in and let me know that you hear me. Okay. Um, good. Good. He said, yes. He said, yes. So the fifth dimension and ascending into the fifth dimension, you know, it again, Uh, and I've talked about this so many times, that this New Age movement has brought about a lot of new information that people were not aware of in the past, and more keeps coming out because of what people are studying and what people have been researching and reading in quantum physics Right. And they talk a lot now um, that will actually not just now, but in the past about the fifth dimension. 
the fifth dimension. And it, it's been so interesting to hear people's thoughts about the fifth dimension and the idea that we are supposed to be or should be in our growth ascending there, ascending into the fifth dimension. And there are people who are claiming that they are having fifth dimension experiences, such as out-of-body experiences, um, being able to uh, lose the sense of self, disconnecting. That's part of the out-of-body experience, but they also uh, talk about not having any uh, feeling of the human body and just being out in the ethos and the cosmos and, and the universe and feeling expanded. Now, the interesting thing about that is that it's exactly what they use drugs for in the in the 60s and the 70s. And I've been doing myself a lot of reading on it. There's a fabulous book out there um, by Dr. Michael Pollan. You can change your mind. It's called You Can Change Your Mind. And what's so fascinating about it is he's talking about all of the psychedelic drug research that had gone on and and how Timothy Leary brought it really to the foreground, um, popularized it. And the psychedelic drugs were actually originally used to treat certain disorders. They found that people who were given low doses of any of these psychedelic drugs, LSD being one of the most popular ones, and then psilocybin, which is also known more popularly as magic mushrooms. And these drugs made an incredible impact on people experiencing severe substance abuse issues. I find it interesting that they used a drug that people became addicted to to stop addiction in people. But what was really happening is this one incredible positive trip caused people to change their attitudes, their beliefs, their behaviors. And so they continued to do tons of research using these drugs. And then what happened is it seeped out into the public. Timothy Leary was really pushing it upon people, having them use it, believing that it was going to help people. Did brought in people to do research. All these other scientists and doctors were bringing in people to do research using the drug. And and then, of course, it got into the general public's hand after hearing about what the drug did. People who have been on acid trips, that was another term used for LSD trips, and had psychedelic experiences. All those psychedelic colors that you see out there on prints, on shirts, in Haight-Ashbury, in San Francisco section, all of that were actual experiences that people had on these drugs. But unfortunately, as with all kinds of mind-altering drugs, there can be some negative things. 
And there were some people who were dying from the experience, people who would be walking off buildings or stepping out into the middle of traffic, thinking that they could stop traffic or fly. They had these, what was thought as this hallucinations. But in actuality, what the scientists were saying is that they weren't hallucinations necessarily. They were opening people to the experience of who we really are and our energy and our power and the universe and the cosmos. That's the actual belief is that these drugs couldn't put anything into the mind what it was doing was bringing out, losing your defenses, losing your ego, losing your sense of self, your I, and experiencing a greater part of yourself, your soul, a deeper part. So that occurred in the, the 60s. And of course, because of the age of Aquarius coming about, and that's been coming about for a while now, um, Yes, there was a singing group that actually named themselves after that dimension of experience, the fifth dimension, and their famous song was the Aquarius. Why? When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, then peace will guide the planets and love will fill the stars. So... That was the thought. Uh, that was the experience back then. Unfortunately, drug-induced. And then we have our spiritual community. And we also have some rituals from cultures long ago using such drugs as ayahuasca, which is considered another mind-altering drug, a plant. And so you can actually go to places in Arizona I, I, wherever you are, California, I'm sure uh, there's even some places around Asheville area of North Carolina where you can go through an ayahuasca ceremony. And I know it's all wonderful and good that you all experience things like that. Shamans did that, right? All these rituals using drugs, yeah, fine, they're good, okay. But the ayahuasca thing really gets me because everybody who I talked to have experienced it. Yes, the experience was absolutely wonderful, but the preempt to the experience was a lot of vomiting. And the way the ritual is done, people are being told that when you vomit, you are vomiting up your issues and your dark side. Isn't that amazing? And I always wondered, whenever I had a virus then, I was vomiting up my dark side, so I should actually have no issues with the type of vomiting I did. But no, no, it wasn't done under ritualistic practices. So they vomit, and then they go through this experience, and they believe they have released all their issues through the, the, the drug and through the vomiting. Amazing. If it was that easy, I wish it was that easy. I'd convince everybody to go do an ayahuascan ceremony. But it is not that easy. 
because those same people who went through the experience can define a beautiful experience. I'm not taking that away. But the funny thing is they got rid of all their issues but have the same life patterns, some of the same fears, but now they're believing it must be from something else. Some of the same results. And to me, that all comes from the same issue. So now we're coming into the concept and the idea spiritually because of quantum physics. Quantum physics has been studying the dimensions and they have no proof, but they do believe that there is a fifth dimension. We obviously are in the third dimension. What are these dimensions? Well, I can tell you what the dimensions are. And they have nothing to do with what you're supposed to be ascending to. Matter of fact, when you find out what the dimensions are, you don't want to ascend there. No. Now, beyond the veil is also a dimension, a higher dimension, where we all go once we leave our physical bodies. We go into a higher dimension. What number dimension that is? Maybe 10, maybe nine, maybe even eight. But I do know this. There are earthly dimensions before the higher dimensions. There are universal dimensions of this physicality that was created for us. And then strictly the energetic dimensions where we truly came from and will eventually permanently reside. In the envir in the energetic dimensions. So the physical dimensions then are attached to the planetary universe and anything that is physical. Now, the way scientists define a dimension is by points, dots, points. One point, just one dot, is considered the zero dimension. And now you put two dots and the line between them, that is now considered one dimension. Now, from that point on, you double your dots. So now you have four dots connect every dot with a line, and you have width and length and depth. So think of four. You've got four points, one, two, three, four, right? So the first dimension was two points. The second dimension is four points. The third dimension, so you got one box and you got height and, and width on that, right? Height or length and width, whatever you want to call it, two dimension. So when you're looking at your paper or when you're looking at your computer screen, 
you can see height and width. So that is two dimensions. Now you double those points, so you got four points, now you got eight points. Connect all those points together, and now you've got a cube. And the cube has length, width, and depth. That's the third dimension. So we live in the third dimension because everything here that we look at, that we feel, that we touch, that we sit on, unless it's just a flat picture, has length, width, and depth. Holograms or games or televisions now have tried to recreate the look of three dimensions. When you're watching TV now or you go to a movie and you wear those special glasses and what you are actually seeing is height, length, and depth or length, width, and width and depth. It doesn't matter, height, length, and width. Whatever you want, words you want to use, it now requires three measurements to define it. So you double that. Now you have 16 points, and you have the fourth dimension. And you double that, and you got 32 points, and you have the fifth dimension. But what we are really talking about is not just appearances, we're talking about locations. You're in a world with height, width, and depth, and that's a location. The time zone, past, present, and future, they're not, it's not linear. It's not one dimension, two dimension. They're actually three different dimensions. Therefore, they're three different locations. All three going on at the same time, but we don't see that and we don't experience that or know that in the physical world because all we need to do to get along here is understand the past, present, and the future, right? That's why we categorized and named it like that because we're in a physical three-dimensional world. But in actuality, it's a location. Now, the earthly dimensions, like I said, there's something else that resides in those locations and why you don't necessarily want to ascend to one of them. And the concept of ascension, anyway, we're going to talk on the other side of the break, once we get there, about what's really going on and what you really need to experience. But I just need to clarify this stuff about ascending into the fifth dimension. So... There are the dimensions and there are spiritual dimensions. Now, according to Edgar Casey's material, he believes that or this the the group of energy or spirits, whatever you want to call them, that tranced through him stated that there were twenty-two dimensions. Approximately twenty-two dimensions in all. 
and basically God being that highest dimension. If we want to know where God is, yes, God's energy is part of everything, but God itself is in that 22nd dimension or is the 22nd dimension. And what we're supposed to be doing is evolving to the higher dimensions, evolving to the higher dimensions. Now, you know the near-death experience people who always talk about the light or the tunnel of light or a tunnel that they see when they first were pronounced dead, when their bodies were dead. Everybody talks about this light or this tunnel. Well, as I've said once before, that tunnel, that light is actually an express train. So those of you who come from cities that have subways or trains, most of the time they have certain trains at certain times of day that are express trains, and they don't stop at every single stop. They only go to some of the major ones. It's the faster way to get home. Well, consider that tunnel of light the exact same thing, the faster way to get home. It bypasses some stops. And guess what stops it bypasses? It bypasses the earthly, the rest of the earthly dimensions, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth dimensions. And like I said, I'm not sure where the actual heavenly dimension, nobody can really tell me that as far as a number, which one starts the higher dimensions and is away from the earthly dimensions. But I can assure you this, the fifth dimension is part of the earthly dimension. Now, those who don't see that tunnel of light because of some horrible traumatic death or traumatic negative life, remember in Christianity, they talk about purgatory. They talked about mortal sins and venial sins. And if you committed a mortal sin, you go directly to hell. But if you committed a venial sin, you go to purgatory when you die. Well, those dimensions that they're talking about are the ghostly dimensions, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, whatever dimensions that are attached still to the earthly plane. So that's where those spirits reside. That's why it was always bad to use a Ouija board. It was a game. Oh, how cute. Milton Bradley made it, and it was sold in Toys R Us or KB Toys, all those old toy stores that are now closed down because everybody can get everything at Amazon. And you picked up this $24, $34 cardboard with this plastic oracle, and as a kid, you sat down and you played with it. Some adults played with it. Well, yeah, it was all fun and games, but why was it, why did people put danger to it? Why were all of these crappy things being said to people? Yeah, so many kids experienced these, you know, profanities coming out, and then these made-up spirits coming out, telling people 
lies and all of this negative stuff was coming about. Where was that coming from? It was not coming from the subconscious minds of the people who were using it. It was coming from the next earthly dimensions that they were tapping into via that board. Especially when people get it, they get it with a sense of curiosity. You're not getting it the same way you get Monopoly. Right. It's not a game you play. It winds up being a curiosity because you've been told you can connect to ghosts with that board. So the intention is an attempt to connect with some spirits. That's why people get it. I find it interesting that Milton Bradley would create something like that and call it a game. When Ouija boards and and oracles and things like that all different made up versions of that particular board have been used for hundreds of years to for divination that people used and some had positive intentions i want to talk with the angels the guides god but a lot had curious intentions or even negative ones. And so where are they connecting? They're connecting to the source of lost spirits, which is one of the other reasons why people believe that there are malevolent spirits somewhere in the world that intentionally tried to sabotage you. Yeah, they're called ghosts. There's no hell. There's no devils and there's no demons coming about. They're ghosts. They're no worse than your bad family members or friends or people that you know that are telling you terrible things. Except they're without bodies and they're angrier because they've been hovering there for hundreds of years, if not thousands. So when we come back from commercial... We're going to be talking about how then and where is it that we're supposed to be ascending to or evolving to or developing to. So get out of your mind the concept of wanting to experience the fifth dimension. You don't, you're not going to any dimension. You're in this dimension. You're in the third dimension. And there's different experiences you can have in this dimension that you're supposed to have in this dimension. And the only other time you want to go beyond the third dimension is when you do leave your body, when it's time to transcend, and then you go to the heavenly dimensions. But the fifth dimension, you don't want to go, you don't want a train ticket to, you don't want a song, you don't want anything that gets you to the fifth dimension because you're going to be bombarded with a whole bunch of negative energy. This is Vincent Jenna. And this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. So I've got to keep telling you how to stop stopping yourself and how to get yourself to move forward. So hang in there with me. It gets more interesting on the other side of the commercial break. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. Yeah, welcome back. If you are just joining us, this is Vincent Jenna, and this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. And we are talking about ascending, ascending into the fifth dimension and why it really is um, nonsense. Let me put it um, plainly as that. It, it, where does it come from? And well, besides what I was saying earlier, you should really listen to the first half of the show to show the history of experiencing what people thought was the fifth dimension when they were experiencing psychedelic drugs, the use of acid and LSD and psilocybin, magic mushrooms. Um, even ayahuasca can get that far. So, that gave people um, the interest of of experiencing that fifth dimension. And then people believe, it's, it's interesting, that the more spiritually evolved you are, you're supposed to be ascending to the fifth dimension. Now, we've got, I've got what's called, well, I know, what's called spiritual snobbery and snobs, spiritual snobs. Those are the people, and this isn't a judgment, this is an awareness, just like I call you can call a person a hypocrite because that's an awareness, that's not a judgment. But a spiritual snob is somebody who believes they're so evolved that they want to believe they're experiencing higher realm higher consciousness experiences more than you and the average person, because then that makes them feel special. That makes them feel that they're closer to God. And they talk a great story and they talk great words. You hear these wonderful words and all of these textbook phrases and concepts coming from them with a lack of complete understanding of what this is all about. You are not here to float across water. Yes, did Jesus walk on water? Well, yeah, that's in the story. That's in the story for a reason. Whether he did or not is your belief. But the purpose of it was so that he could show our unlimited ability, which is the reason why he also said that with faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. Now, was he expecting us to actually do that? Well, certainly with all the the um, cities that have gone through plenty of mountains and ranges and all those winding roads and trains that have gone through the mountains. Oh my gosh, the, the human ingenuity and ability just always constantly amazes me to see that they did stuff like that. And back in the old days, those are old roads going through. But certainly if they had the faith of a mustard seed, they could have made that a much easier job. But were we supposed to make it a much easier job? Are we supposed to be walking on water? I keep being reminded of this joke, and I know I've told it a couple of times, so bear with me if you hear it, but this is so perfect about ascending into the fifth dimension. It's a joke about how this 
guru dies and he goes to the heavenly dimension and he's in front of God and he's so proud of himself. Oh my gosh, God. Oh my God. I've gone lifetime after lifetime, but this lifetime, finally, finally, I spent the entire lifetime learning how to release, learning how to let go, learning how to ascend. And finally, after my entire lifetime of dedicated purpose to spiritual concepts and beliefs and understanding, I finally was able to levitate myself, keep myself in the fifth dimension and levitate across the lake to the other side. Isn't that fantastic, God? And God looks at him and says, big deal for a buck. You could have taken the ferry. We waste our time on some of the most ridiculous ideas. Like the idea that if you leave your body and you have astral projection experiences, that this is supposed to be some higher schooling and you come back richer and more evolved. Nonsense. There have been many people who got lost in that astral projection and didn't come back at all. That's what a coma is. Now, you can have an out-of-body experience via your soul controlling it, and a lot of times that happens at night when you're dreaming. Your soul will go to places it needs to go to for your continued learning and experience and for messages, but that's being controlled by your soul, not your conscious mind, to actually sit there and practice getting out of your body is the most ridiculous idea we can get lost in a car on a highway. Can you imagine leaving your body? You think you're tethered to it, but you can leave your body far enough that you are completely lost. I'll share with you a horrible experience I had when I was younger. And this is before my spiritual awakening. I was living in California, and it literally was the time that the movie Poltergeist was released. And man, oh man, oh man, before my spiritual awakening, I had these incredible fascinations. And I had a tremendous fascination with movies like The Exorcist and the demons and devils and ghosts, but not for the negative purpose of it, but for the curious purpose, my wife started reading in California books by Seth. And so we were just getting this idea and understanding that there's spirits and there's all this information out there. Wow, this is really cool. And then Poltergeist comes out and I'm like, man, they were lost. And in our development, we had where we were living in a, an apartment complex. We had friend and his brother that was talking about their home that they had grown up in. It was a rented home and it was haunted. And it was haunted upstairs in the boys' room where they lived. And and they came to the boys came to accept it, but it became annoying. 
And they were talking about how the ghosts would just appear or come to them. And they told the history of the house. Somebody fell down the stairs, broke his neck, died there. Another person hung himself there. And another person was murdered in that house. Now, why I would I would never rent a house like that, that's for sure. Not unless I was a special. I mean, I personally could do it now and heal. That's what I do is I heal homes of negative energy. But back then, woo, that's intense. You know, not knowing any of that and living in a place like that. But those boys, they were there. They learned a lot. They were more curious about ghosts. So, of course, they learned more about new age philosophies than I did. But they struck such a curiosity in me. And we had gone to the movies to see Poltergeist together, came back, started. They started sharing that story of their home. And my wife and I went to bed. But I had that. It's constantly thinking about ghosts and that and their house. And, oh, my gosh, that's so fascinating. And talk about curiosity kills the cat. So I know I fell asleep. But then all of a sudden I had the experience that I was looking down at my body and my wife's body. And I was like, what is this? What's going on? And I still knew I was sleeping. But then all of a sudden somebody was calling me and I started floating in the air. And it was darkness all around me. But then all of a sudden I appeared in this bedroom. And I was floating all around and I saw my friend sitting at the edge of the bed. And he says, hello, Vinny. I didn't know you were going to be here. And I'm like, I didn't know I was going to be here either. And before I knew it, there were three sets of the most evil-looking eyes. This is all I saw. No bodies, but three sets of eyes and three pair of hands. That was it, floating in the air. They saw me, and they started racing to me. And I had... I panicked and was so petrified that there was a feeling that if they had grabbed me or touched me in any way, they would have captured me in some way. They would have held on to me. I would have been lost. And all I remember was flying as fast as I could. And all of a sudden, Bam! I fall back into my body. I jump up out of bed and I jumped up and hit the bed so hard it woke my wife up. Thank goodness. And she's like, what's wrong? And I said, I'll tell you in the morning. I said, please don't let go of me. And I made her hold on to me so I could feel her touch because I absolutely felt that I had left my body and I didn't want to do it again out of control or out of loss of control. And I turned the light on, made her hold my body and I fell back to sleep. But the next morning, my friend was in the same apartment complex and they came over and I said, listen, sit here. I'm going to describe something to you. You tell me if it sounds familiar. 
And I began to describe this bedroom that I saw where the beds were. There were two beds in it. One was up against one wall. One was up against another wall. I saw these very shabby, thin lace curtains hanging off of the window and blowing because of the window being open. I described furniture in the room, the size of the room. I described it to a T. And my friend turns around and he says, that's the bedroom of my old house. How do you know about it? He never described the bedroom when he told us the story. I said, I was there last night. He says, what do you mean? I was there. I left my body and I was there. And I said, but I thought I saw you there last night. He said, no, 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 no. That's my brother. My brother has out-of-body experiences and goes back into that house all the time. So you must have met him there. And I was like, holy crap. I said, and there were three spirits, right? I saw them. They were chasing me. And he was like, wow, I never wanted to experience that again. That was an uncontrolled, curious experience. And I know it was real. Months later... My sister-in-law came out to California for a visit. I told her the story about the house, and she wanted to drive past the house and see it. And we were like, oh, my God, um, okay, you want to just, we, all right, so that can't be of harm. I'm not going to leave my body. We'll just drive in the neighborhood, and we'll go past the house. So there were new renters in the home. Apparently, there had been several before. They were all ousted by those spirits and ghosts. But these last renters apparently knew how to handle them and basically boarded up the upstairs rooms, never used them. So we drive past this house, actually didn't pass it. We just drove a little past it, parked the car, got out of the car, and was looking at the house. And you can see it was a summer day. The windows were open, and the lights were on, and there was a couple that was sitting watching TV in the living room, and you can see them. And all of a sudden, at the top window, appeared three sets of evil eyes. And my sister-in-law saw them. I went, holy crap, that's them. They see me. They recognize me. At that same moment, the gentleman in the living room watching TV gets up, walks to the back of the room, and is yelling up the stairs, all right, leave us the heck alone, using profanity. Get out of there. Go away. Leave us alone. They must have made some noise of some kind when they came to that window and they stared me down. We got in that car and drove away so fast, making sure that they weren't following behind us. That's how you can get in trouble. These aren't BS stories, people. I have other ones that I've experienced. Life, if, if in the physical world, life isn't hunky-dory peaches and cream. There is a world where life is even worse than that. And that is the dimensions between this earthly plane and the spiritual plane. Yes, would we love to believe we all die, go to heaven, and everything is wonderful there. But that's not the way it is. Otherwise, we wouldn't come back, some of us even worse than when we left to start with. You know, there's growth, there's evolving. So how do you evolve then? How do you get to experience that? Yes, we all experience getting in the zone is what I call it. 
It's called going to a higher consciousness, not ascending to a higher dimension. You want to go to a higher consciousness within you. So when we're walking around life, it's very easy to stay in the mundane world and see what you're doing and doing tasks and doing this work. I'm actually doing a class. I've been doing it. This is the second week that I did the class yesterday afternoon. I'm starting my Thursday evening class tomorrow evening. Absolutely fabulous about using all your power and being able to constantly live or get yourself into that higher consciousness so that you are not just experiencing good feelings. You know, you can come home from work, drink a glass of wine, they're fine. You're experiencing your good feelings. But that is not the purpose and how we evolve. And taking ayahuasca and using magic mushrooms and LSD and psilocybin, all that nonsense, that is not how we evolve either. Yes, it creates good feelings. Yes, it reminds us of what we're supposed to be able to have on a daily basis. But it's up to us to consciously get there. You have to consciously evolve, not unconsciously evolve, which is why we keep coming back. It's not until we make the conscious choices to change our experiences that shows our evolvement. So even if you meditate and you have a fabulous experience, what are you doing with that then once you have the experience? Does the experience alone mean you're evolved? No, it doesn't. The experience alone does not mean you're evolved. Going on this trip with ayahuasca, going on, I'm not talking against it. I'm just letting you know that that is not what causes your evolvement as a spirit, as a soul, which is what we're trying to do. Now, how could that possibly be? Why would God create anything that give it a drug and that will make it evolve more? That would be too easy, wouldn't it? That had nothing to do with free will and choices then. It's the learning and learning how to make the better choice is evolvement. Learning how to make the better choice is evolvement. Learning how to put yourself in a place of peace without the glass of wine, without the joint or the medical marijuana or the ayahuasca or the psilocybin. Those are all wonderful things and they help eliminate pains, but they're all band-aids. But learning how to get there on your own, learning how to heal yourself on your own because of your beliefs, because of what you tapped into and what you're applying, there you go. Now you got the evolvement. Now you've got the growth. Now you've got the whole purpose of creation. Otherwise, you're no more than a plant seed. A plant, you stick it in the ground, and even by itself, it doesn't even need you. Remember, there was greenery on the earth before we got here. All by itself, it just grows. There's no choices. Same with animals. Animals, you think they make choices. 
They act out of instinct and temperament. That's the higher vibrational animals. The lower vibrational animals act automatically. Bugs, bees, whatever, insects, they act automatically. They don't make choices. Hmm. Maybe I'll go to this daffodil today rather than the sunflower and pollinate it. No, it doesn't do that. We're the only ones that make choices. And the reason why we're the only ones capable of making choices, because that's what we do to learn about our divinity and our greatness and what we are made of. Learning all these wonderful classes and reading all these wonderful books alone are meaningless. Please don't quote me the Bible. Don't quote me author concepts and affirmations and quotes. Don't tell me or try to let me know how spiritually learned you are. Don't present to me your snobbery. Show me your realness. You know, I don't care if you've studied year after year after year to be the greatest psychic medium. So what? You're still here. Doesn't matter. Are you making the choices to apply right? Are you looking at your neighbor and deciding to love your neighbor rather than find fault in your neighbor? Are you learning how to resolve anything that makes you feel bad and turn it into a positive? Are you tapping into your abilities and skills, loving them, appreciating them, escalating them and bringing, bringing them to their highest point? Are you going after your dreams? Do you be, believe you're somebody special as well as everybody else is special, but that doesn't make you less special? Do you believe, do you not even know what your skills and talents are? Do you not even know what a purpose is? Do you not even know why you're here? Do you keep yourself in your youth experiences and the beliefs that were created for you then? I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not smart enough. Do you hold on to those? Do you keep recreating hardship after hardship? Are you in financial distress, health problems? whatever you want to call them, biological ones. I had an entire discussion with the question that, no, the doctor said my daughter had absolute biological imbalances, which is why she was schizophrenic. And because she was schizophrenic, she has to be on drugs all her life, and she loves those drugs. As a matter of fact, the angels told her that everybody is supposed to experience this. If you're believing nonsense like that, then you're not making higher choices in your beliefs. And you don't understand who we are, that we're not meant to suffer. We don't need to in order to grow. Nobody needs to be burnt at the stake 
a matter of fact, we were even told you don't even need to be crucified anymore. But if you are, you can still be connected. But if you're going through hell, you could still turn it around. You can still resurrect from the hardship. And you can still tap into the greater part of you and make the right choices. That's what ascending, ascension is about rising from your lower self to your higher self, from your human self to your spiritual self. And guess which dimension you get to do that in? This one, the one you chose to be in, the third dimension, the dimension where you can touch and feel yourself and another human being and the plant and the chair and the bed that you're laying in, the memory foam, latex or select comfort bed that you like, that feels so good. That's why you're here to touch, to feel, to experience yourself in a physical limited dimension, but remembering that you're unlimited. And yes, could you walk on water? Sure you can, but take the ferry, it's easier. God inspired the boat maker too. We don't have the faith to walk on water. We don't have the faith to stop wars. We don't have the faith to have people treat each other equally. So let's work on what we can work on and try to develop more faith in this dimension. That is how you will ascend. That's what will allow you to tap into your greatest abilities here and who you really are as a spirit. Stop stopping yourself from doing that. And stop thinking you're so intelligent because you have all this spiritual wisdom. You're just as ignorant as everyone else is on this planet, learning how to continue to evolve, to remember who we are. This is Vincent Jenna. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Thanks for joining me today. I love you all. I really do. You're my brothers and sisters. You're the reason why I do this work because I don't want to go home alone. When I go home, I want to be with my family. God bless. Have a fabulous week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 